Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. And today we're going to talk about Nazis in Boston. Nazis in Boston. And there was a growing movement in the 1930s in Boston known as the Christian Front. And I write and speak about the dangers of the growing Christian nationalist movement in America, especially as it relates to anti-Semitic activity. And the comments I receive about my alarm are often dismissive and indifferent. Nothing to worry about here, some of the comments are, they say. Just another hyped-up and paranoid fringe group of lunatics that will fade into oblivion, they say. A movement with no consequent or threat, they say. One comment I, I get pretty consistently is, oh no, the Christian nationalists are coming. And so they, they kind of write off the, the Christian nationalist movement as a, a movement of no consequence or threat. But on the contrary, I'm of the belief that the kind of anti-Semitic Christian nationalism expanding around us in America today is a tinderbox waiting to be ignited. And when it is, when the tipping point comes, the movement may well follow the historical pattern of Christian nationalists and respond with violence against American Jews. Charles R. Gallagher, Associate Professor of History at Boston College, shares this conviction. And Charles, who, by the way, is a devout Catholic, he's the author of a fascinating book entitled The Nazis of Copley Square, The Forgotten Story of the Christian Front. It's published by Harvard University Press in 2021. And I started reading this book, The Nazis of Copley Square, over the weekend. And Copley Square refers to the Boston neighborhood where the Christian Front was headquartered. And I'm stunned by how little I know about the history of the Christian Front that flourished in Boston in the 1930s and early 1940s. The inside cover of uh, Gallagher's book describes uh, his book this way. In The Nazis of Copley Square, Charles Gallagher provides a crucial missing chapter in the history of the American far right. The men of the Christian front imagine themselves as crusaders fighting for the spiritual purification of the nation under assault from godless communism, and they were hardly alone in their beliefs. The front traced its origins to vibrant global Catholic theological movements of the early 20th century, such as the mystical body of Christ and Catholic action. The front's anti-Semitism was inspired by Sunday sermons and by lay leaders openly espousing fascist and Nazi beliefs. And the Encyclopedia Britannica uh, defines the Christian front in this way. The Christian front in American history, anti-Semitic and pro-Nazi organization active from about 1938 until the United States entered the World War II. 
Under the banner of anti-communism, it openly and clandestinely encouraged boycotts of Jewish merchants, used the slogan Buy Christian, and published the Christian Index, a directory of non-Jewish merchants in part of New York City. It received support from the Brooklyn Tablet, a Roman Catholic weekly newspaper. The front became associated with the activities of the Reverend Charles Coughlin of Royal Oaks, Michigan, who regularly preached on radio at a front-sponsored anti-Semitic rally in New York City in May 1939. And, and you can look that up in, on YouTube. Uh, it's a Nazi rally in 1939 at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's very frightening to watch this. There's thousands of people. Uh, they're dressed as Nazis. They have the Nazi flag and George Washington hanging on banners on the platform. And Father Coughlin's social justice uh, book was distributed at this rally. The July 1939 issue of that magazine presented the Front's expansion plan, but the group was soon quieted by a growing anti-Nazi sentiment as World War II began. And so what this historian, um, Charles Gallagher, has done in this book is, is really earth-shattering and he spent 10 years writing this book and i'm so thankful that he did it's really helped me as i'm reading it and the parallels between the christian front and today's far-right christian nationalists are eerily similar and the rhetoric fomented by today's christian nationalists comes straight from the playbook of the christian front in the end the religious leaders of the front would inspire christian mobs to perpetrate violence on Jews living in Boston. Men like Father Charles Coughlin, whose hate-filled Jew-hating radio program, Hour of Power, commanded a weekly listing audience, get this, of over 30 million people. And, and you can look up some of uh, Father Coughlin's speeches at this time. He was highly funded by Henry Ford, who was an anti-Semite, and he had partnered with uh, Charles Lindbergh, who was uh, pro-Nazi and an anti-Semite. And so a highly funded Catholic priest has an audience of over 30 million weekly listeners to his program. And keep in mind at this time, America was only about 140, 150 million people or less. And 30 million of those people are eager listeners to Father Coughlin's hate against Jewish people. Uh, another man, Father uh, Edward Lodge Curran, who was the principal theologian of the Christian Front and president of the International Catholic Truth Society of Brooklyn. So those two men in the clergy stirred up um, millions of people during this time uh, to oppose uh, Jewish people living in their neighborhoods and in 1943, under the tutelage of Coughlin and Curran, gangs of Christians roamed the streets of Boston, beastly attacking Jews and spilling their blood. And historian Stephen H. Norwood describes the violence against Jews in Boston at this time as pervasive. One historian describes the outbreak against Jews as Boston coming to flame. The constant mixing of religious piety with hate-filled anti-Semitism in church pulpits and Christian anti-Semitic rallies 
and on Christian um, uh, radio voice of Father Coughlin eventually brought the tipping point that led to Christian violence against Jews, the tinderbox finally would ignite. And the following are just a few parallels. As I read um, Charles Gallagher's book, The Opening Pages, uh, as I read those pages, I found parallels between the Christian front and today's Christian nationalists in the opening pages of Gallagher's book. And again, this man is a, is a devout Catholic. He's not striking out against the Catholic Church. He's just informing us of the history of what happened in Boston in the 1930s and early 1940s in, in the, his book, The Nazis of Copley Square. So here's what he writes. Um, uh, Charles Gallagher. Their goal, the, the Christian front, was to install in the United States a temporary dictatorship that would eliminate communists and Jews. And so this is tyranny. This entire group had been given over to tyranny. They uh, had weapons. They had explosives. They were planning uh, to take over the United States government. And remember, there's 30 million people strong in this movement. And so their goal was to establish a temporary dictatorship that would eliminate communists and Jews from America. And um, uh, the line sounds all too familiar. The following, just a few quotes from today's Christian nationalists. Here's the first. If you haven't figured it out yet, the evil we are facing will not give up until we Christians take over. And this comes from former National Security Advisor under Donald Trump in a speech at Trump's National Doral Resort in Miami during the Christian Nationalist Reawaken America tour in May of 2023. And, and again, I'll say what he said. If you haven't figured it out yet, the evil we are facing will not give up until we Christians take over. That's, that's a voice of tyranny. And then another quote, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a Jewish woman, didn't die last year so that Amy Coney Barrett, a Catholic woman, could be appointed to the bench, we would still have Roe vs. Wade. Now you tell me this is a Judeo-Christian country. You tell me it doesn't matter that we have a lot of Jewish people in government. Jews can be here, but they cannot make our laws. And this comes from devout Catholic Christian and uh, President of America First, a very right-wing, uh, white nationalist, Christian nationalist organization. He's a political operative named Nick Fuentes. In a live stream on his website in June 2022, and you remember just a few months ago, Nick Fuentes and uh, Kanye West, better known now as Yee, they met with President Trump, former President Trump, at his um, Miami um, resort. So Gallagher writes... Fronters, this is the Christian front, believe firmly in deicide. Deicide is the idea that the Jews killed Jesus. And their leaders moved them from this age-old position towards a distinctly modern and violent blend of anti-communism and anti-Semitism. And Christian nationalist and keynote speaker at the upcoming Reawaken America rally in Las Vegas coming up in August 
2023, Pastor Locke, in a May 7th, 2023 sermon, at his Global Vision Bible Church in Tennessee stated, if the Jewish people are really God's people, then how come all these centuries they've had so many problems and there's a curse upon them? The religious people, Jews living in the time of Christ, declared a curse on themselves generationally. They said, his blood be on us and our children. And Jews have been in punishment and torment because they spoke that curse over themselves. So this pastor, who is a Christian nationalist, Speaking at the Christian Nationalist Rally, Reawaken America, coming up in August in Las Vegas, he's dredging up the whole old idea of deicide, that the Jews murdered Jesus, and so therefore they will be forever judged. And when we know it was actually the Italians who murdered Jesus, it was the Romans. So does that mean those, those Roman soldiers, the Italians, uh, who put Jesus to death, it was Pilate, who by Roman law uh, exercised capital punishment by putting Jesus to death. So it was the Italians. But does that mean Italians are forever condemned because of that small group back in those days? Of course not. But we've used this against Jews for 2,000 years, that they're unredeemable, they've, uh, they crucified Jesus, and so therefore there's a curse upon them. Gallagher writes, every member of the Christian front saw the myth of Judeo-Bolshevism as true. The Judeo-Bolshevist idea alleged that because secular Jews held so many positions in Lenin's original Soviets, it was axiomatic that Leninist communism was a product of global Judaism, which was already suspicious owing to the deicide. For those on the far right, Lenin, who had some Jewish ancestry, had militarized the benign economic ruminations of Marx, also a Jew, for the purpose of installing an atheistic absolutism. Jews had killed the earthly body of Christ before. Now, under the guise of Bolshevism, Jews were persisting in that most horrifying sin by killing Christ's mystical body as well. And so what the Christian front taught is that uh, Jews were responsible for deicide. They put Jesus to death. And now they're trying and attempting through communism to put the mystical body of Christ to death, to attack Christians, to attack the church. And so today, devout Catholic writer and social media personality, E. Michael Jones was invited to be a speaker at the May 2023 conference, Hope is Fuel, How to Be Catholic on Purpose. And Jones is a well-known poisonous anti-Semite. He's a conspiracy theorist. He's a Holocaust denier. And he has a huge Catholic following today and a Protestant following as well. And we're going to look at E. Michael Jones. He was recently debated with Michael Brown. I know that he is a radio personality on American Family Radio, and Dr. Michael Brown debated E. Michael Jones about E. Michael Jones's um, anti-Semitism. But when we come back from the break, we're going to look at some of the very anti-Semitic things E. Michael Jones has said. We'll see you on the other side of the break. 
Hi, I'm Aaron Free, President of Israel Team Advocates. And there's an alarming decline today in the support of Israel among U.S. evangelical millennials ages 18 to 29. A May 2021 survey administered by the Barna Group shows that between 2018 and 2021, favorable support for Israel has been cut in half from 75% to 35% among evangelical millennials in the United States. If this trend continues, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel in just a few short years. And remember that young Christians today will be the leaders of tomorrow. Israel team recently conducted interviews with students at a major evangelical university concerning their understanding of the Holocaust. The answers were troubling. To the first question, what was the Holocaust? Half of the students did not know. To the second question, who was Adolf Hitler? Again, only half of the students had knowledge enough to connect him to the Jewish genocide. In the remaining questions, we found a surprising, breathtaking, really, lack of historical understanding of the murder of six million Jews during the Holocaust. This example is indicative of a much larger problem. The study of the Holocaust is not prioritized in Christian primary, secondary, and higher education. And there's so much more that we can do. You can help Israel Team today by going to israelteam.org and clicking the donate button and your tax-deductible gift today will help us in pushing back against this growing narrative of anti-Israelism within the evangelical millennial community. So go to israelteam.org and stand with us today. We're building a bridge for the coming generation, and it's so important that we build that bridge. So help us today at israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. We're talking about uh, the rise of Christian nationalism, and we're talking right now about E. Michael Jones, who was slated to speak at a May 2023 Catholic conference uh, called Hope is Fuel, Catholic on Purpose. And again, Jones is a well-known poisonous anti-Semite, Holocaust denier. He has a large Catholic and Protestant following. And in a message to his audience about the upcoming conference, Jones talks about his book, The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit, in which he declares that Jews who have not accepted Jesus are the mystical body of Antichrist. And in January 2023, Jones appeared on Iranian television, of all places, and called the Holocaust, a foundational myth of the American empire. Jones has accused Jews of being the main supporters of feminism, homosexuality, transgenderism, and abortion, and says that abortion is a fundamental Jewish value, a sacrament, and a way of becoming Jewish. In speaking of Catholic-Jewish relations, Jones says the church can have unity or she can have good relationships with Jews, but she can't have both. In opting for good relations with Jews, the church has destroyed Catholic unity, and with it, any ability the church might have had to influence the world culture positively. Uh, Christian nationalist Rick Wiles, founder of the cable radio online outlet True News and pastor of Flowing Streams Church in Vero Beach, Florida, regularly blames Jews on his media outlet for attacking American Christian culture and warns Jews that Christians plan to impose a Christian rule in this country. 
Wiles foments things like a day is coming when Christians are going to lose their lives as they confront the synagogue of Satan. They Jews are coming for you. There will be a purge. When Jews take over a country, they kill millions of Christians. Well, first of all, that, that's a lie. That's, that's never happened. But he's stirring fear within his audience of tens of thousands of, of Christians that listen to him foment hate towards Jews on a weekly basis. And it's propaganda. He's calling them to fear that when Jews take over America, they're going to murder millions of Christians. Christian nationalist Scott McKay, also known as Patriot Street Fighter, has a streaming program on Rumble and as a speaker at the Reawaken America rallies, McKay has stated that Hitler was fighting the same people we are trying to take down. These people are so elusive and slippery and cunning that we ended up having World War II. Who's he talking about? Jewish people. The same group of people, he says, that has done a very good job at hiding under the religion of Judaism. So these are quotes from today's Christian nationalist. They are divisive. They are anti-Semitic. And um, Gallagher writes this in his book, The Nazis of Copley Square. Moran, the Catholic lay leader of Boston's Christian Front, opposed Britain's war because it was a war for the benefit of Jews, the enemy of Christ and the church. And he worked for Schultz, a Nazi spy posing as the German consul at the German consulate in Boston, not because he was a committed proponent of Nazi ideas, but rather because the Nazis were fighting both Jews and communists. The fascist relationship with Christianity was complex, but Moran, like many other Christians of his time, believed that between fascism and communism, the choice was obvious, and so they chose fascism. They chose to support Nazi ideology. And this clearly explains to me why Christian nationalists today can willfully embrace the tyranny perpetrated by Michael Flynn, white supremacists, that, that are saying, we're going to take over this country. Jews are out to kill us, so we're going to take over and drive them out of government. And just think about January 6th for a second. When, when faced with the choice between tyranny and the Marxist humanism they believe is being forced upon America by Jews, for them, tyranny is the better choice of the two. And here's what Gallagher writes as he closes out the introduction to his book. We must avoid generalizing too greatly the rhetoric and ideology of the Christian front and thereby losing sight of its uniqueness. The front arose in a particular moment, as the historian Oscar Hanlon noted in 1975, between 1930 and 1940, anti-Semitism developed to a point at which it threatened to alter the whole character of American society. During the 1930s, at least 4 million and perhaps as many as 10 million American Americans enlisted in such organizations as the Ku Klux Klan, the Silver Shirts, and the Christian Front. Think about that. Ten million people had joined these white supremacist groups. Hanlon feared that unless rigorously examined, such groups would simply be slotted under a common rubric with other manifestations of hostility, disagreement, and approval. If that happened, we would 
understand little about their appearance or ultimate disappearance. I argue, says um, Charles, that Hamlin's fear came to pass. The front became just another manifestation of some easily refuted tendency towards intolerance. This failure to reckon with what was distinctive about the front has been a boon to those who perpetuate its mission, which still percolates close to the surface of mainstream America. And I agree with that. There's this, uh, there's this percolation going on right now in Christianity that's very, very divisive. So in his book, Nazis of Copley Square, Charles Gallagher has opened a forgotten window into the American Christianity's historic romance with tyranny fascism and rabid anti-semitism it is not too late for christians who have embraced the evils of christian nationalism which by the way is neither christian nor patriotic you see i'm a patriot but i'm not a nationalist i believe in the first amendment there's freedom of speech and so why would i as a patriot want to deny uh, the freedom of speech to someone else so Christian nationalism is neither Christian nor patriotic. And to, you should read Timothy Schneider's book. It's called On Tyranny. It's just a little probably 80-page book, 20 Lessons from the 20th Century. It's really an earth-shattering book that really shows how a nation of Christians can easily fall prey to tyranny because of the propaganda that you know, the other side, they're out to hurt us, and so we're going to strike back. We're not going to turn the other cheek. And, and again, I, I heard a prominent Christian nationalist a few weeks ago who spoke at a Christian rally, and he got up and he said, you know, I, I know and understand the teaching of Jesus to turn the other cheek, but uh, today as a Christian, uh, I don't believe that anymore. We've turned the other cheek way too long, and it's time for us to fight back. You see, that's not the gospel. That's not patriotism. That's not true Christianity. And so we need to choose to follow the words of Jesus, to love our neighbors as ourselves, whether we agree with them or disagree with them, and to be salt and light in our generation, and to not use church pulpits as bully pulpits to strike out against those we may disagree with, but uh, to share our faith, to be salt and light in our generation. Polish philosopher Leszek Kolowski once said, in politics being deceived is no excuse. I realize now that it wasn't um, the empty stomach of German Christians, they, they often say, well, our stomachs were empty. That's why we embrace Nazism, because Hitler promises soup and bread. I don't think it was their empty stomach. I think it was a barrenness much deeper that many Christians embraced the tyranny of Nazism. It was caused by the gnawing pain of jealousy against their Jewish brothers and sisters. And the promise of soup and bread did not deceive Christians. It wasn't the Nazis who created a mass following a baptized German Christian nationalist. It was baptized German Christian nationalists who gave the tyrants life and breath. And the jealousy among German Christians toward their Jewish neighbors ultimately gave birth to Christian nationalism and Nazi tyranny. And so that's what we're faced with today. We're faced with a, a time in uh, Christianity, American Christianity's history, 
where we're being uh, presented a choice between tyranny uh, or to accept the gospel message of the Lord Jesus, that we serve a kingdom that is not of this world. We do not wage war, Paul says, against flesh and blood. And it seems to me today that, that in many Christian circles, we're striking out against flesh and blood. But we don't fight flesh and blood, the Bible says. We're fighting against principalities and powers in this dark, dark realm. And so the church needs to be the true church today, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to be salt and light to a lost and a sinful generation, rather than strike out in divisive language and hate speech. Uh, we need to be people of love and mercy and to show the mercy of Jesus to our generation. So we'll see you next time on Israel and You. Thank you for listening.